Tonight is the uh, anniversary of the liberation of the Mithra Rebbe, and the Mithra Rebbe's liberation from prison is not just a personal day of liberation for him, but it's a day that empowers each of us to be freed from anything that's stopping us from doing what Hashem wants us to do, and stopping, holding back a blessing from Hashem, whatever whatever is missing in our service of Hashem, whatever is missing in our lives. Today is the day that Hashem empowers us to uh, to go beyond wherever we were before, to the extent that the Rebbe says that the blessing that tonight brings us to is to a place where compared to tonight, where we were before tonight, is like prison. It's such a blessing tonight to reach to such a place that wherever we were before tonight is if we were in a prison. And so this is a, a pretty tall, pretty, very um, you know, broad-stroked statement about the day of the 10th of Kislev. And it's especially um, considering how, how much cha- the, the number one consistent thing that we all know in our lives is change. And to have this, this broad-stroked, you know, glorious blessing sounds, sounds almost impossible. We all are familiar with ourselves that life doesn't go like in just a straight path. There's ups and there's downs. And the question is, what is the purpose of all of these downs that we have in our life? And it would be so much nicer and better and more beautiful if we just went up and straight. And yet, we know that in our lives, there is, not, not everything is straight. Not everything is just rosy. There's ups and there's downs. And the question is, what's the point of that? Why does Hashem make that in our lives? To make, to make these... I'm not talking about... Um, just the um, financial ups and downs and, and circumstance. I'm talking about inner ups and downs. So we learn something, as we're learning in the morning, from Yaakov, about all these ups and downs. Yaakov, in his life, he had three time periods in his life. The time period in his life when he was in Israel time period in his life when he was in his uncle's house who was um, a swindler, Lavan, he worked there and took care of his sheep for 20 years. And there is a conclusion of his life in Egypt. These three time periods represent three different kinds of, of spiritual states. There's being in Israel, which means serving Hashem in a perfect way. You have no obstacles, you have nothing attracting you to do the wrong thing, nothing that's disturbing you. You're like a tzaddik. Being in Lavan's house, being in Haran, means being in a state that it does challenge you, that does pull you away. And being in Egypt means that you're in a state which not only challenges you, but brings you down. Not just it challenges you and tries to bring you down, but actually does bring you down. And again, the question is, why does Hashem make these Egyptian moments in our life where we're not just challenged, but just like when Yaakov, when he was in Egypt, the Egyptians wanted to turn him into an idol. Not just he had to he had to withstand the unhealthy environment of his uncle of of his wife's uncle um, Lavan, but he was in, in a place that they actually wanted Jacob Yaakov to become an idol. It was a place that attacked him, and and yet the um, Yaakov is successful there, and things are turned around, and Yaakov is um, is able to leave there after he passes away and go to Israel. But the question is, what's the point of these, in the metaphor, Egypt means 
extreme challenges. As the Torah says that Egypt was the worst of all nations. What's the point of all this? So we can get an insight from a, a story of, of Mithla Rebbe. There was a chas in the Mithla Rebbe whose name was Rebbe Yuda Eisel Tzaitlin. Yuda Eisel Tzaitlin was a very great Torah scholar. And he was considering what he should do with his life. He got married, wanted to know what to do. And he had an audience with the Mithla Rebbe. And he asked Mithla Rebbe what he should do. And he thought for sure Mithla Rebbe was going to tell him that he should become a teacher, become a rabbi, because that's what he was good at. He knew a lot of Torah. And instead, Mithla Rebbe just says, become a shopkeeper, open a store. And before he could question Mithla Rebbe, he's already out, out of the Mithla Rebbe's uh, room and he's wondering what, what just happened here. And then he goes back to Mithla Rebbe a, little, a few days later. You said to be a, a shopkeeper? Like, Mithla Rebbe said, yeah, become a shopkeeper. I know you have a question about this because you'd rather become a school teacher. Well, let me tell you something. Mithla Rebbe said there was a town in the, of, uh, called Shklov where there were a lot of merchants who would sell their wares in Shklov, but they would travel to Leipzig to buy their wares. Take a long time to go to Leipzig to buy your wares, take a month to travel, a month coming back. And Leipzig had this fair for many months of the year. So if you were a merchant in Shklov, you're spending a lot of time in Leipzig buying merchandise and selling it in Shklov. So Mithra Rebbe said, if a merchant is doing all this business in, in Leipzig for most of the year, why then do we call him a merchant from Shklov? Why do we call him a merchant from Shklov? Because that's where his whole purpose of his business is. The whole reason he's traveling to Leipzig it's to sell his wares in Shklov. And therefore you call him a merchant of Shklov. Similar way, Mithra Rebbe said, the purpose of why you have this this um, business is in order for you to be able to ha- have an hour of Torah study. That that business grants you, this profession grants you, that's the point of the business. That's the inner meaning of it. So I want to, today I want to take that point further and go a little deeper into not just unhealthy environments, but again, to failure. There's a beautiful teaching from Baal Shem Tev that we have because his grandson, Degel Machna Ephraim, the Baal Shem Tev had a daughter named Odl and a son-in-law named Rabbi Yechil. And they had a child who wrote a book called Degel Machna Ephraim. And he shares a teaching, an amazing teaching that really opened a door for us in our lives in an amazing way. Um, really, it, it, it's a game changer. If, you, if your life isn't the same before you know this teaching and after you know this teaching. It's something amazing. About this week's Torah portion. This Torah portion begins with the ladder of Yaakov. Yaakov has this ladder in his dream. Angels going up the ladder. Angels going down the ladder. What's the meaning of this? So Hoshantav explained, the ladder is your life. And you have moments in your life when you're going up and your moments going down. Don't think the reason you're going down is because you're a failure. Don't think that you're the exception to the rule and that's why you have, you, have, you have these down moments. Rather, it's something that God imbued into the ladder. God imbued into life that there are angels bringing you down and angels bringing you up. There are forces in you that Hashem created that will that you have what Hasidus calls katnas hamaychen. You have a small-minded perspective and you just are confused and, and Hashem creates that. It's not because you're weird. It's not because you're low. It's not because you're ugly. It's not because of, of your brother-in-law. Hashem put this into you and there's a purpose why God put this into you. Why did He put that into you? was a very brilliant um, musician named Isaac Yitzhak Perlman. Yitzhak Perlman is a violinist. And he um, was, was paralyzed. But on the other hand, he was had this great gift. And he was, he was accepted into um, 
various uh, with scholarships to schools because of his amazing talent. And there's one interesting anecdote about his life that that uh, is really fascinating. He was he had a violin that was worth three million dollars. For for a violinist, it's often a ch- question: Should you buy a house or should you buy a violin? Because that's a, that that that's the um, that's a going price. For, so he has this great violin, and he's at this huge concert with thousands of people, and one of the strands, the violin, rips, breaks. What does he do now? So, for a moment, he's like stopped, and everyone thought, like, okay, there's is no concert. Middle of the concert. Middle of the concert. Yeah. The, the, the strap breaks, it rips in the middle of the concert. What should he do? He should stop the concert. There's three strings left. There's three strings. Oh, so violin has. Thank you. There's four strings in the violin, and the one twenty-five percent. Not just he's missing one string. He's missing twenty-five percent of the music. But he he stops, and he and he says, tell he tells the conductor, let's continue. Continue. How are you going to continue? It continues, and at first it was difficult, but he was a fighter. He was a fighter. He was a fighter. And he, he started to create music out of the three strings left in the violin. And, he, and at first it was difficult, but then he created an amazing, amazing piece. And at the end of the concert, the whole audience rose on their feet, and he said something remarkable that we all have to pay attention to. What do you say? Chaim, Chaim, He said, you have to use whatever God gives you. Use whatever God gives you, you have to use. And that's the meaning of the dream of Yaakov, the ladder going up and down. Hashem makes you have a ladder. And in your life, you're having moments of confusion, moments of, you don't know why this happened to you. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. But it's a down, it's a real down, and you feel down. And you're like in an Egyptian state with a great challenge that you often succumb to. But there's a purpose for that. What happens to Yaakov in the dream? Yaakov wakes up from the dream. What does Yaakov say? What's the first thing he says? Wow! I didn't know that this is a place of Hashem. I had no idea. When you have the challenge, you think, this is not the place of Hashem. This is a place of evil. This is a place of the opposite of Hashem. This is a place of, of, of a different jurisdiction than Hashem. There's Hashem's holy place. This is somewhere else. And yet, Yaakov says, I didn't know. And we never know. When we're in that state, Yaakov left his father's home. He left his mother's home. He's in the runaway, running away from his brother. He's in the middle of nowhere. And he's, and he's not in a happy place, it would seem. And it's a big downer. He's leaving his father's home for him. Can you imagine, like, tonight's anniversary of passing the Mithla, uh, the, the, and actually the anniversary of the redemption of Mithla Rebbe. Mithla Rebbe, when he was a child, he loved the Chassidus so much that he needed Chassidus to live. Like, at one time, his father uh, gave him a consequence for something that he had done, and the punishment was that he couldn't come to learn Chassidus to the Alter Rebbe. But he got sick because of it. He got sick, and the Alter Rebbe had to tell him Chassidus because he needed to hear the Chassidus. The Mithra Rebbe, it was a different kind of person, as Samach Sadiq said, that if you prick him with a needle, blood wouldn't come out, scissors would come out. That's, that's, that's the kind of person he was. So, so Yaakov can imagine leaving his father's home, it was a big downer. He, it was a big downer. And yet, what happens? He realizes this is a place of Hashem. The ladder stands on the floor, but it reaches the heavens. If you see someone having exponential growth, it's, because there's something behind that. There was some kind of a challenge that person had that forced them to dig deeper and, and have that growth. It's not, doesn't, the growth doesn't happen in a vacuum. The growth happens because there's something else that challenged them, that made them dig, dig deeper. There's a tzaddik called the Ribnitzer. His name is Chaim Zanvil Abramowitz. He lived in Moldova. He lived in Muncie. And he has this interesting custom. His custom was he would dive in Meyer very late. He would pray his evening prayer very late. Unlike this show, which started two minutes early, what happened tonight? 
Um, you tried, you tried. I tried. Okay, thank I told you. Them you. All right, anyways. So, 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 anyway, getting back. Whatever. Anyways, the Riddin the, the Sereba, he would pray Meyer very late. In order to pray Meyer, you need to have two things. You need to have six people praying with you and ten people in the room. So it's one o'clock in the morning. They have nine people. They need, a, they need to have a tenth person and the sixth person to join the prayers. The guy's passing by, and you know, he's knows, he knows the score. He's seen this happen before. Hey, did you, did you dive in yet? Did you pray yet? Said, okay, no problem. He comes inside. He thinks that they just, they just need a tenth man. He already prayed already, but he thinks they just, they just want the tenth man, even though he prayed already. So Ibn Sirebbe starts diving, and he stops. He says, somebody prayed already. Someone prayed. We can't do it. Only, only five people didn't pray. So the guy walks over to the Ibn Sirebbe afterwards. He says, you have no idea what you just did for me. You have no idea how you helped me just now. He said, I am so not into my prayers at this time. I say all the words, but I wonder, does anyone even listen to my prayers, which I don't put my heart into? Why would Hashem listen to prayers that I don't want to listen to? Like, why would he, why, why would he care? And yet you knew I prayed. How would you know I prayed? Because it was registered somewhere. Where was it registered? Revelation, where was it registered? Why would it do anything? Yet you, because it's registered in, the, in heaven, registered in, in Shemayim. Since it was registered in Shemayim, in heaven, my prayers did something, that's how you knew that I, that I prayed. So this is what Hashem is telling Yaakov. What happens to Yaakov? He wakes up, and what does Hashem give him? Hashem promises him, I'm going to guard you. I'm going to be with you. He gives us such warm words to not just the Yaakov, to each of us in these challenges. Hashem says, I'm going to guard you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you food to eat and clothing to wear. You're not going to be alone. I'm going to bring you back to this land. You're going to go back to your father's house. The promise of Hashem, the unique blessing Hashem gives Yaakov in this sort of portion is Ufaratsta. Ufaratsta means to go beyond all limitations. How do you get that Ufaratsta um, King Kong blessing? Where does that come from? That huge blessing, Ufaratsta, the limitations? It comes specifically from the ladder that goes down. Interesting thing about the ladder. There's a difference between steps and a ladder. When you go up steps or up a ladder, it's the same. When you go down steps or down a ladder, it's different. When you go down a ladder, down steps, where do, you, where do you look? Look down. When you go down a ladder, you're still looking up. So Hashem was telling Yaakov and each of us with this story that when we see the ladder in our life going down, we shouldn't lose track of our identity. We should realize that we are a merchant of Shkloth. We're not a merchant of Leipzig. That means that our, our true identity is our Yaakov. He's in Israel. He's in Lcharan. He's in Israel. He's not changed. He's not changed. There was um, a father talking to his daughter once. His daughter had all these all these challenges. She knew what to do. So the father sat his daughter down and said, "Listen, cuts corner of the kitchen. He takes out three pots. In one pot he puts hot water, and he puts into the hot water a carrot. In another pot he puts into the hot water an egg, and the third pot he puts coffee beans." Here's my daughter. Sometimes in life, you get into hot water. What do we get into hot water? Everyone reacts to, to the hard water of the challenges different ways. Some people, they're like carrots. They give, they break. They break, they get smushed. They break, they, they lose the drive. Some people, they turn into the hard-boiled egg. They become insensitive, they become a little crueler. They, 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 they continue on, but they lost something. They lost sensitivity. But you know what happens to some people? Some people, they take the water itself, the problem itself, and they transform the problem itself into a delicious aroma and to a delicious taste in coffee. This is the choice that we have in our ladders. And this is the message Hashem is telling us, looking at the life of Yaakov, how it was different than Avram and Yitzchak. Avram and Yitzchak also had different challenges, but it was different. 
Avram, his attribute was kindness. And he had a son whose kindness was not in the right way. There's an expression by Polish Hasidim. They say, too smart is a heretic. Too kind is an adulterer. Too religious is a priest. Meaning, if you're so kind to everyone all the time, why are you always kind? You have some interest in there, which is not so healthy. If you're always being so smart, eventually you're going to outsmart God and outsmart Torah and outsmart yourself and, and will deny things. You're always so religious. Who are you serving? Who are you serving? It's, you're serving yourself as an idolatry. So, so the, um, so Avram, he repels the Yishmael. He expels Yishmael. The, un, Avram has his kindness and the negative energy. He pushes out the negative energy. Yitzchak has negative energy. He expels it. Esav leaves Yitzchak. Yaakov, on the other hand, he transforms the darkness itself to light. Yaakov goes to Egypt, and in Egypt he transforms Egypt itself. And this is the unique quality of, of the, we, that we all receive from Yaakov and from the Mithlarab. Think about the ghoul of Yud Kislev. The ghoul of Yud Kislev represents something. I, don't, I want to give it over to you, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm representing accurately with the Rebbe's words. I understood it this way. The Rebbe says the ghoul of the redemption of the tenth of Kislev seems to be um, <coughs> a lighter redemption, not as great as the altar of redemption. But there's something more about the tenth of Kislev that tells us something far more about ourselves and about our future and about our present than the nineteenth of Kislev. What's the redemption of the altar? There's darkness and there's light, and light vanquishes darkness. But what happens afterwards? After the light vanquishes darkness, there's again darkness. It looks like that as great as the light was, darkness is even greater. It's kind of, there would give the parallel of someone who's in yeshiva, studying a Hasidic discourse, and he's inspired, but then he leaves the yeshiva. And he's wondering, how could I possibly study that same discourse that's going to touch my soul? It didn't, it only brought me so far, and now I'm in a whole different environment, I'm so much more insensitive now. The redemption of the Mithraim Yukisa tells us that it's not too late. That, that even though you've experienced light, and then you went down to darkness, it's not too late. You could still, your essence is your Jewishness. Your essence is your neshama. And your essence is unchanged, whether you're in Egypt, whether you're in Israel, whether you're in Haran, doesn't matter. And this is the um, the power Hashem gives us. We, we see that we have a challenge. And we see that that we're bothered by, the, by, by, by succumbing to imperfection. Why we why we bother when we succumb to imperfection? Why why does it bother us? Why does it bother us? It bothers us because we care. The very fact you see that you fell and it bothers you, you drop your film today, Chassidshol. You drop your film. That's one way of looking at it. Otherwise, you lifted up those two like oy vey. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? The oy vey and we lift up your film. Why is it, why is it oy vey? Because you really care. You really care. So that when you fall, if someone who never saw light. They're not bothered by darkness. The fact that you care when you fall, look at a puddle. What do you see in a puddle? You can see mud and guck, or you can look at the sky in the puddle. This is the message Hashem is telling Yaakov, telling us of the redemption of Mithra Rebbe, telling us that, that we have to not just, um, not just to overcome our challenges, but to realize that, that the places we've fallen are, are, are really, a, really a key to rise higher. So Torah says, Uvikashtim Isham, search for Hashem from there. Where is there? So Chassidah says, from there, from into the place of evil. Zeshar That's the gate of heaven. Zeshar told Yaakov, this is the Torah portion. That's what the blessings are. And, um, that's what the, the Torah means when it says to conquer Yetzahar. It doesn't say to break Yetzahar. It says, who is great? Who is strong? Who is mighty? 
to someone who conquers the Yitzhar. Why is it conquer? Why is it someone who withstands them, someone who breaks them? Conquer Yitzhar means you have something in your life that's not the way it's meant to, and not just you overcome the temptation, but you use that same energy and that same drive that for the negative energy, and you, and you, and you realize, Hashem is telling me something. I need to dig deeper. I need to go to a higher place. I need to tr- take the hot water and turn it to coffee. <laughs> we should go out of our limitations. We have redemption. It says today we're empowered, as I mentioned before, to, to reach such a place that everything was that was before tonight was like was like was like was like the exile. Was like was like was like imprisonment. That's the bracha of tonight. To go to a whole new place. And specifically, if, if we find challenges, that's a sign that we're able to go deeper. That's why Hashem is giving us an opportunity higher. higher. That's what it means. Hashem gives you a challenge. You know what it means? I believe you could jump higher. See a challenge. What is Hashem telling you? I think you could jump higher. Like, I can't jump higher. <laughs> he thinks otherwise. <laughs>